We get a packed show today, do we not? We are brought to you in part, as always, by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. We're going to talk about that more in a bit. But first to the news. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a live edition of the Trish Regan Show. Wow. Uh, there was some poll out over the weekend. <laughs> Quite a poll. A poll that has Democrats, shall we say, losing their <clears throat> you-know-what because Wow. Like if this momentum keeps up, and I suspect it probably will, that could mean that, well, Donald Trump might be the next president of the United States come 2024. Joe Biden, take that. I mean, that's if they don't send him to prison first, which is what they're hoping for. Here is, I want you to see Donald Trump today speaking out about that case in New York. They're trying to basically put him entirely out of business, bankrupt him if he can. And well, you know, there's the whole jail thing, too. A terrible, terrible thing. These are political operatives that I'm going to be dealing with right now. Uh, you have a racist attorney general who made some terrible statements, and you see some more that came over the wires today. Uh, it's a very sad situation for our country. We shouldn't have this. This is for third world countries, and it's very unfair. It's very unfair. But in the meantime, the people of the country understand it. They see it. And they don't like it. They don't like it. Because it's uh, political warfare, as you would call it, or political lawfare. Another name, they got a lot of names for it. But usually it takes place in third world countries and banana republics. And nobody's ever seen that. To this extent, we've never seen it here. Uh, but we will go along and we will hopefully uh, do very well in every regard. We'll win the election and we'll make America great again. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make America great again. But we have to take away from the thugs that we deal with and the horrible people that actually must hate our country to do this. But we will uh, we'll fight very hard for our country. Thank you very much, everybody. Yeah. Um, well, you know, they really do want to put them behind bars. And, and in the meantime, and we'll go through the details of the poll. Some doesn't surprise me, honestly. I mean, it's pretty basic. You look at where the country is right now, and, and don't tell me you're surprised by any of this. People are like, wait a second, maybe I'll trade a few mean tweets for safety, security, an actual president who cares about the border for, you know, not this kind of ridiculous math being taught in schools, for, for parents being able to have a say in their children's education. And for goodness sakes, can we get in a situation where the Big Mac doesn't cost you 16 bucks, right? Inflation is out of control out of control. And so, well, the Democrats are worried. They're really, really worried because, oh, you know, gosh, what would that mean if Donald Trump was president again? And I'm sitting here going, well, what does it mean when Joe Biden is president? Because there's some serious, scary stuff going on. But, you know, over at The View, they're in total meltdown mode. At The View, they can't even conceive. You know, this is Whoopi Goldberg's show, Joy Behar, the whole crowd over at ABC, they cannot conceive of Donald Trump being president again. And so they're trying to say, okay, like, what do we do? What do we do? Like, this is time to sort of double down, reassess. Well, maybe the good news is maybe he'll be in jail and then people won't vote for him. This is crazy, you guys. I mean, Trump's right. It's full-on Banana Republic stuff. And The View's wishing for it. Watch. Shocked that people still are supporting this probable criminal. Um, but what I will say, there's a, there's a brighter side to this because further on in the poll, what people did say is um, about 6% of voters in battleground states, enough to swing the result of the election, they said they would abandon their support for Trump if he were convicted on charges related to the January 6th Capitol riot and sentenced to prison. Now, I don't know how you run the presidency from prison, but at least those people realize that if he is convicted of trying to just subvert our democracy, he should not be the president of the United States. So that gives me comfort in this day. Because if they can just somehow figure out how to manage to convict him, well, then he won't be president. So that's the silver lining for, for Sonny. That's her Sonny silver lining uh, over at The View. Listen, I think that the way you break this down right now, unless there's something really peculiar that happens, and look, that could happen. Don't forget, what we just saw in Bridgeport. 
Did you see the video? I believe I played it on my shorts in my shorts feed. The video of the woman stuffing the ballot box. I mean, these things apparently can happen. Look at, again, Bridgeport, Connecticut, in Fairfield County, Connecticut, where the mayoral race had to be done all over again, according to the judge ruled this. I mean, this is an Associated Press story. The judge ruled that they had to run this thing again because there was video evidence of ballot stuffing. I mean, am I the only one who thinks that you just need to have a license when you go and vote? And that maybe if you're voting absentee, like there should be some kind of check system. We've got enough technology out there, right? Where they compare and contrast your social security number, maybe, with your license and check you off on a box so that we can avoid any kind of even perception of this stuff. Anyway, Donald Trump, that's the headline, straight for the New York Times and the Siena poll as well, is ahead in five of six swing states. We're talking Nevada. We're talking, wow, we're talking Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania. He's just almost there in Wisconsin. And like he's ahead by a lot. In Nevada, by a 52% margin. In Georgia, it's 49 to 43. In Arizona, it's 49 to 44. In Michigan, 48 to 43. And in Pennsylvania, 48 to 44. I mean, we're talking about significant margins, all right? Four, five, six points. Wow. Wow. Okay, so there's a lot of worry. Like I said, over at ABC, you know, which produces The View, they're like, this can't happen. How could this be happening? Meanwhile, here's ABC News kind of freaking out, one of their correspondents saying this should be a giant wake-up call. Huh? <laughs> you think? You think maybe that Biden just can't pull this off? Poll out this morning showing that Donald Trump is leading in five out of the six. Big battleground states. Now, presidents have come back in the past, Ronald Reagan, Barack Obama. But this is tough news for Joe Biden. Look, this is a wake-up call. This is frightening for not just the Biden White House, not just for Democrats, but for anybody who fears what a return to a Trump presidency would mean. He can win. The New York Times poll is not the first one to say this. He can win. It is early. And the biggest challenge for Biden is it's not just that people have suddenly fallen in love with the idea of Trump going back to the White House. They haven't. It's that only 23 percent of the country in our poll thinks the country is on the right track. Voters don't seem too phased by the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted so many times, but a conviction could make a difference. Look, it, it really could. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, the idea of voting for somebody that's under investigation, even somebody who's been indicted is one thing. Voting, voting for a convicted felon is another thing entirely. Donald Trump already planning for another term. I mean, it's just incredible. I don't think that voters have come to terms with what he is talking about doing. He is talking about a campaign of revenge and retribution. Uh, there was a fascinating story that is consistent with my reporting in the Washington Post talking about how he wants to go out and prosecute his political when opponents, Adam, not just Democrats, uh, but okay, people that served I'm him. Sorry, uh, John I, Kelly. I, is okay. So, like, oh, my gosh, he's going to do that. But I'm sorry. Has that has that not already sort of happened? Like, hey, like. What do you think's been going on for the last two years? What do you think Biden's been doing, ladies and gentlemen, but going after his number one enemy, which would be Donald Trump, right? We're talking over and over and over again. I mean, this is, I'm sorry, but like, it's starting to look a lot like election interference. You consider what's going on with Letitia James in New York City. Wow. And getting the kids in there and everything. They have to testify. That can work both ways because I'm going to tell you about a story we're just getting some breaking news in right now on. James Comer is demanding, subpoenaing, like more than 20 members of the Biden family. So like I said, it can go both ways. We, we can go full on banana republic. Here we are. I will say this in, in Trump's defense. I remember asking him once in a conversation why it was that he hadn't gone after Hillary Clinton. He kind of had this view that, well, you know, we're still the United States of America. In other words, he was still drinking the Kool-Aid at the time, right? We're the United States of America. We shouldn't really do that. Well, let's just say that the Democrats were not extending the same favor, right, to him. So he's probably going to win if they run Biden. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how he wouldn't just looking at, at all of this data. And it's not necessarily that people love him. 
It's just they're so disgusted by the direction in which our country is heading. I mean, when biologically born men can compete against biologically born women in college and high school sports, you know? I mean, when suddenly it's Israel's fault that they were attacked and 1,400 people were, were massacred. I mean, in, in the Rashida Tlaibs of the world are furious with Biden, accusing him of genocide. Yes, I mean, people are going to start to say enough is enough. When Dylan Mulvaney gets woman of the year, like, yes, enough is enough. When parents are considered a threat and the FBI is doing all kind of research into parents that show up at school board meetings for daring to want to defend their kids, yes, enough is enough. People are not happy with the direction this country is going in. The Democrats are so stupid and so moronic that they can't quite get this. When your Big Mac is costing you 16 bucks at McDonald's, yeah, you know what? You're not happy with the direction the country is going in. And yet this is what they're doubling down on. It's pretty disgusting. I mean, I, you, you know how I feel about the, the hate that we have seen on college campuses. I want to point out that Harvard University is consistently ranked last when it comes to freedom of speech by the wonderful organization. FIRE is the name of the organization. And it's a freedom-based sort of freedom of speech group that monitors speech on college campuses. University of New Hampshire is way up there, by the way. Go UNH. They're up at like number two. But Harvard's like way down at the bottom, along with Columbia and UPenn and all the Ivies. There is no free speech at Ivy League schools. Like, don't kid yourself. They rank consistently at the bottom. Because, you know, if you put out a Trump sign, whoo, then you're somehow in violation of, of their free speech. You're, you're hurting and upsetting all those kids that are, are triggered by the idea of a Donald Trump presidency. But no, it's, it's just totally fine if you're, if you're on law review at Harvard Law School and you decide that you and your friends want to corner a kid that you perceive to be Jewish because of, I don't know, was he wearing a yarmulke? Was how he looked? Whatever it was. They went after this kid at Harvard. You've seen the video, but I want you to see it again because it's awful. They try, you know, they're surrounding him and he's trying to get away. They're totally surrounding him. And it got really uncomfortable. They've got scarves that they are trying to, to push over his face. I mean, there's a group of students in a pro-Palestine rally of some sort with the head of the law review, which is kind of supposed to be, you know, you're thought of as being a smart person if you're at Harvard Law and you're head of the Harvard Law Review or on Law Review, blah, blah, blah. And look at what they're doing. And at some point it gets really ugly and they start shouting shame. I want you to hear it because I want you to hear what the administration is saying and what the uh, honorary member of the squad is saying, Jamal Brown, Bowman, in reaction to all of this. See now, it's 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 just disgusting. Exit behind you. I mean, I, I I can't believe that Harvard still has said nothing. Exit. That this Exit. student I've lived here. has not been expelled. You're driving me. He has not denied that he is the one that was caught on tape. But you're going to see his face in just, just a second. This is again at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They're screaming shame, shame because you're Jewish. I mean, listen to that. Listen to that. Screaming shame. And you know what? There we go. Here's one of them. They identified another. This guy's the Harvard Law Review guy coming up. Who, by the way, is kind of. Shame. Odd story. Some weird things happened in a U-Haul truck at Stanford University. Ibrahim Barmol. I, I can't even say his name. Good luck, buddy, getting a job. <laughs> Good luck. Because you know what? Thank goodness the law firms are finally standing up to this. They sent a note out to Harvard saying basically, like, what the heck? Like, we don't support this. We don't allow this bullying. I mean, there's a real difference, shall we say, between freedom of speech and what you just saw there. That's not freedom of speech. That's surrounding a kid, intimidating a kid, 
because you think he's Jewish and they think that's fine. Clearly. I mean, what's her name? Lady Gay there, Claudine, Claudine Gay, who clearly is in over her head. She doesn't know what to do. So she's just staying silent and says, go back to my original comments. Here they are. The sickness. Our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. Mm. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. You don't punish them for getting a group of kids around and surrounding one person? Like, that is not punishable? At Columbia, they've, they've got swastikas that are getting painted onto the restrooms in the International Affairs Building, a building I used to take classes in, a building I first learned about Al-Qaeda in in Afghanistan in years before the 9-11 attacks. I am ashamed of Columbia University. I'm ashamed of Harvard. I'm ashamed of all of these schools, Columbia in particular, because I graduated from there. I'll tell you, you know, 23 years makes quite a difference. This Claudine Gay should not have that job. That kid who, who went after that other kid saying shame because he's Jewish, he should not be on law review. He should not be at Harvard. He should be expelled, and yet they're not doing anything. And so you, you have to wait for, for Bill Ackman to get around to dealing with this. Bill Ackman asking these exact same questions. So for those of you that don't know Bill, he's a very, very successful hedge fund guy, billionaire, who went to Harvard and has given a lot of money to Harvard. And he's sort of like, what the heck? He's very active on Twitter now. What the heck? No response. He wrote a very long letter to Claudine over the weekend. And it was so long. You could almost hear his heart like sort of sobbing in this letter because he's sitting here going, wait, what, what is going on? When you condone that, when you allow that, when you don't speak out against that. I'll tell you a story. So when I was pregnant with twins, my high school, which Claudine went to, and she was a senior, I was a freshman. I have no idea who she's, I don't remember her at all. But anyway, she apparently was there if you look at the graduation dates. They had asked me to come back and give a talk to the students about journalism and some of the work I was most proud of. And Again, I'm like super pregnant, right? The last thing I want to do is be up in New Hampshire giving this talk, this lecture to these students. But I thought, you know what? I want to give back, blah, blah, blah. It's a nice thing to do. So I go there. I give this assembly at the time because, you know, some of you who have been following me for a long time, you may know that I had done a couple of documentaries that were uber successful on the underground business of <clears throat> um marijuana, which, you know, they, they have fancier names for it nowadays. But I had, had looked at this in the Emerald Triangle out in California and what was going on in Colorado, like before it was actually really becoming increasingly legit. And so these documentaries were pretty successful. And so I'm like, okay, so I could talk about that. Or I could talk about my documentary I'd done investigating terrorist financing, which had been nominated for a bunch of awards and was actually used in part by the U.S. Treasury Department. They came out and announced all the people that I had named as known terrorist financiers. I went down to this little lawless land, spent like over a year working on this lawless land in Paraguay, which borders Argentina and, and Brazil, and discovered that there was a source of terror funding that rivaled effectively that of Iran's. So they were sending money to Hezbollah and to Hamas, and there was nothing like it other than Iran. And so I decided, well, you know, maybe maybe I should stay away from the pot stuff. You know, they're kids after all. And I talked about this other story and the investigation and the work that had went into it, etc. So I'm leaving. Again, you know, I'm waddling around. Here I am pregnant with twins. And I'm with the head of the alumni relations group in the cafeteria, getting a coffee after the speech. And I was like accosted by this woman in a hijab who started yelling at me and screaming at me about how, 
you know, insulted the rest of the, the, the Islamic students were, all eight of them, right? Yeah, I'm joking. I mean, I'm sure there were probably more. But I made them feel so bad, and how dare I? And I'm sitting here going, wait, what? What? <laughs> right? Like, it had aired on CBS Evening News. I'd done a documentary for CNBC on it. It had been, you know, nominated for an Emmy, blah, 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 blah. And this woman comes out of nowhere and is all over me. Because I have made some students feel very fragile, as though I was saying that they were terrible. I'm like, what are you talking about, lady? And so a couple weeks later, like I'm expecting maybe a thank you note, maybe a thank you email from the school. Nope, nope, nothing. Nada, nada. You know why? Apparently, I had created quite a fuss on campus. I mean, this tells you, does it not, where we are in America today? This tells you how everybody's so sensitive, but only certain people can be sensitive, right? Like, I can't be sensitive because my ancestors came here during the potato famine and happened to be Irish. I'm not allowed to be sensitive. No, it's only certain groups. And by the way, not everybody. Like, I I think if you're Indian, you're not really allowed to be sensitive. If you're Asian, you know, tough luck. You may have a 1600 on your SATs and be a classical musician, unlike any, any other musician around, but Harvard still is going to say no because, well, they have a different sort of criteria that they, they want to go after. How's that fair? So I think everybody needs to wake up to this, right? This is, this is getting just fed into the system. And it's not just the Ivies anymore. It's trickling down right through your public schools in America. It's everywhere. The CRT, this DEI nonsense that is un-American and frankly has nothing to do with hard work and a meritocracy. It's like we're just supposed to, you know, give you a trophy because of the color of your skin. But that is only if you're from a certain region and you have the, I mean, like it gets complicated after a while. Anyway, here is... The honorary member of the squad, Jamal Bowman. He would be the guy who <laughs> pulled the fire alarm rather than allow a vote on the budget. He, he like wanted the government to go into shutdown. This guy is bad news. I've showed you the video. He was removing, removing this warning signs for the fire alarm right before he pulled it. Like, how does he still get to be in Congress. Here he is saying, haha, Biden, wake up, because you know what? The Black Lives Matter crowd, all of them, they're not on your side. You're going to lose Arabs, you're going to lose Muslims, blah, 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 because we don't like that you are showing support for Israel. America's historic longtime ally, by the way, we helped to create Israel. Here we go, Jamal. People of color are disengaged. Muslims are disengaged. The Arab community is vehemently, excuse me, upset at the president's handling of what's happening in Gaza. Ah. (laughs) So it's a threat, you see. It's a threat. But it's more than a threat, actually, I, I, I should point out, only because there's a risk here that we really start to lose our way. I mean, we've lost our way. It's why I think this poll, going back to these numbers, it's why Donald Trump is seeing such extraordinary success. It's why he will, you know, if the election were being held today, why he would win again. Because people don't like where we're heading. They don't like this one single bit. And you see all this video of kids getting harassed. You hear what's going on at Columbia. You see the video with the students marching for Jewish genocide. I mean, do they not teach history? Have they not heard of the Holocaust? Do they not care? They don't care, maybe, about the Holocaust and six million people having died. At Stanford, they're trying to clean the graffiti off the walls every night in the dorms. The anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. I mean, you think you feel safe on these college campuses? And by the way, don't kid yourself because it's not just, and we're going to get to this in just a moment because there are some new developments about that shooter down in Nashville. It's not just about being Israeli or being Jewish. It's about 
being anti-establishment, anti-white. It's this decolonization nonsense that they all get into. And here's Kamala. Well, on Friday, after Jewish students are being attacked, and her response is to actually say it's Islamophobia that we need to worry about. I mean, she's that dumb. She's that dumb. Here we go. For years, Muslims in America and those perceived to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate number of hate-fueled attacks. As a result of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza, we have seen an uptick in anti-Palestinian, anti-Arab, anti-Semitic, and Islamophobic incidents across America, including the brutal attack of a Palestinian-American woman who is Muslim and the killing of her six-year-old. Of course, I'm not going to, that was awful. But she, she keeps going here. Oh, this is the best part. And that was awful. Don't get me wrong. But let's be very clear. The attacks we keep hearing about, like, over and over and over and over again, the marches, the people, you know, tearing down the kidnapping posters, that's all anti-Semitic stuff. That, that's not Islamophobia there. Those are people that are very anti-Semitic. So that's why, you know, somebody at the White House said, gee, you know, maybe we have a problem. We've been listening to Jamal Brown or, forgive me, Bowman. Uh, the other one, Ilhan Omar. We got a problem, so let's deal with it. Oh, let's send Kamala out because she's stupid enough to actually, this is not a winning political argument. This is why they're going to lose in 24. Here we go. For so many people in our nation, the past few days and weeks have brought about all too familiar fears. Fears that they will be targeted, profiled, or attacked simply because of who they are, how they worship, or how they look. And so today, I am proud to announce the Biden-Harris administration will develop our nation's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia. This I mean, really, perceived to be I, I guess if you're perceived to be Muslim, the administration is going to be there for you. They got a whole task force working on this thing. Forget the fact that it's, again, the Jewish kids everywhere, the Jews everywhere that now are under attack. It's amazing to me, but this is what you just need to remember, I think, in a time like this. I mean, there's been an effort. Claudine Gay at Harvard thinks she can get away with not saying anything. The guy at Harvard, like, she ought to resign, frankly. Seriously, like, resign today. We need a complete overhaul of our educational system. Have you ever thought about how much money is going into some of these colleges from the Middle East? I mean, maybe that has something to do with it. Money talks. I'm hoping Bill Ackman's money talks, or shall we say Citadel's money talks. That would be that would be Ken Griffin over there who's given a half a billion dollars with a B to Harvard over the last however many years. I mean, I hope that money talks, but you know, it's pretty disgusting when you think about what is actually happening. I mean, I do think that a lot of these countries overseas have had the ability to almost handpick, if you would, some of the faculty. There's an article I want to cite in the daily, in the daily um, mail that actually said top universities across the country have received over eight billion, with a B, dollars from Arab countries. This would be in the last thirty years. Wow! And guess who is getting the most? Cornell University, Cornell, where things were so out of control, kids were in lockdown. The FBI had to pick up one of the students there who was threatening a real attack. They've received over $1.5 billion in donations. That's Cornell University alone. Other top schools receiving Middle Eastern money. That went to Harvard, Berkeley, and Georgetown. So, yeah. Money talks, I guess. Money talks, and it's influenced a lot of what the curriculum has then become. And then that filters through the rest of society. So just like Kamala is so worried about Islamophobia, kind of reminds me of when there, were, there was a horrific shooting in Nashville. And I mean, I just, it's awful, right? And those little kids, those little kids died and, 
the media really didn't cover it a whole lot. And one of the complaints was why they didn't cover it was because it didn't fit with the narrative that the extreme left wants it to fit, right? It wasn't that white guy who was a MAGA person who went and and did this. Instead, it was a transgender. I believe it was a naturally born female. I I don't want to get this all mixed up and offend anyone (laughs) or get banned or anything like that. But this, this person was clearly, clearly mentally troubled, massively, massively, massively troubled. And everybody kept saying, well, where's the manifesto? Where's the manifesto? And it wasn't coming out. The FBI wasn't giving any information at all. And so this just hit, like within the last hour or so, I want to share this with you. Steven Crowder, who has a podcast, he's reporting on this. This has not been verified by me or anyone else So I want to at least get that out there. Newsweek is covering it. You see Newsweek's Nashville Shooters Manifesto released by Steven Crowder. What we know, basically we don't know a whole lot because the FBI has not confirmed this. Newsweek was unable to confirm this. And so I preface my reporting by saying, look, you know what? Newsweek is reporting on it and they're citing what I'm about to show you. So Just uh, keep that in mind. So apparently he's got this actual manifesto or pictures of her manifesto. And Audrey Hale was saying that there was going to be a death day targeting these white privileged kids. And and I want to kill you. And I hope there's a high death count. I hope my victims, I said, I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't ready to die. That is, I mean, it's really, it's awful. I'm just going to stress that this is sensitive content and, um, I'm I'm sorry like that we're even having to talk about these things but again as we get back to the poll and you think about why Donald Trump is succeeding so much like everywhere not just in these sort of hotly contested states it's because of stuff like this it's because things have kind of just the, the wheels have come off the bus and consequently people want some kind of correction and what's fascinating is that Basically, any Democrat they put up, it's not even just Joe, who obviously has his shortcomings, including the fact that he is so old and he's so frail. Any, any Democrat they put up would get beaten right now by Donald Trump because people don't like where we're heading. Is it that hard to understand? Is it that hard to understand the political message that parents want to have some say in their children's education, that parents don't like, people don't like, that our border is being flooded to the point where now Homeland Security is telling us that, you know, there's something like, what, over 100 people that are already on the known terror watch list that have come into this country? I mean, that's the ones that they've caught, for goodness sakes. What's going on? Yes, it's poorly managed. I get it. Some people believe this is by design. I'm sitting here going, is it by design? I mean, how stupid do you have to be, Kamala? Coming out with a response like she did about, oh, Islamophobia is our real concern, just as Jewish kids are getting the brunt of this in schools all across our nation. It's like the Dems, like they really, really don't get it. So now there's chatter that Michelle Obama is going to be making another comeback. Can you imagine? (laughs) Now that definitely won't work. That definitely won't work. And you know why it's not going to work? Because ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you who got us into this mess. That would be her husband, Barack Obama. Certainly as far as Iran goes, he's why we're in this mess. Because he was either some kind of Manchurian candidate, or he was just naive, very, very naive. And Ben Rhodes, who was there with him, also extremely naive. They thought somehow you just give him, give him a deal, right? We'll have the, the big Iran deal and that'll, that'll fix everything. Yeah. They didn't understand that the only reason the people who are in power that are in power in Iran right now is because Their base wants a situation where women are not allowed to actually show their faces and their hair. They can't be educated. And I I just, I got to say, like, here's the deal. 
you know what, Iran, it's 2023. You either join us or you are excommunicated. We really don't need your oil. We got plenty of it here, plus some new energy things we're working on, right? And, and, and there is oil. We could, we could actually be better friends with Venezuela than you. Trust me, I think they'd like us better than they'd like you. So we got plenty of sources. We got Canadian tar sands. We don't need that oil if you're not willing to join us in 2023 and 2024 and recognize that women have rights and recognize that Israel has every right to exist and will exist forever. Done. End of story. You know what? We can sanction you and sanction you some more, but you know who you need to do that. Shall we say, you know who you need. Oh, you need the guy that they want to put in jail. Israel is being attacked while Ukraine is being attacked while inflation is eating our country alive. I'm down here and these are all political opponents attack ads by the Biden administration. Their poll numbers are terrible. You saw what happened today. The New York Times and CBS came out with a poll that I'm leading all over the place, but it's a very unfair situation. He's leading everywhere. And the Democrats are like, how can this be? How can this be? How can this be? When you try and cover up things like, if this is true, again, not verified by me, but Steven Crowder, tune into his podcast. He's got this. Apparently, this manifesto allegedly saying some pretty horrific things. But for some reason, why is it that the FBI did not want us to know that? Oh, because... Gosh, just like Kamala's worried about Islamophobia, they're worried about transgender phobia. Everybody needs to get over themselves. I mean, we clearly got a mental health crisis going on. No, it's not that somebody was born in the wrong gender. It's that they're kind of mixed up, all right? And you got to get them the necessary help. I'm sorry. You know what? Maybe in 0.0001% of cases, it's, it's legit. But in a lot of these cases, and you talk to these kids and you talk to these people, Chloe Cole was just on the show the other day. She's like, you know what? I was depressed. I was going through all this stuff. And instead of like going through it and dealing with it, their answer was, oh, well, let's, I hate to be blunt, but let's give you a mastectomy. I mean, they chopped off her breasts. You're depressed. And the answer, so they, they said, well, you know, maybe it's because you're just in the, in the wrong gender. She's got a heck of a lawsuit, that girl. I mean, a heck of a lawsuit against the healthcare provider and the hospital that sent her down that path. But I would just get back to this. Yes, Donald Trump is killing it in the polls. The Democrats are freaking out. No, those indictments haven't sunk his campaign. And you know what? If you send him to jail, it's not going to do it either. Because people have had it, okay? They've had it. We're over it. We're not going to stand for the nonsense. We're not going to be pushed into the corner. We're not going to be the kid attacked by the Harvard Law Review guy, all right? We're just not going to be. And you know what else? While we're at it, the current president, he needs to resign because more and more information keeps coming to us. Ladies and gentlemen, some breaking news. James Comer is now coming forward with subpoenas for a whole bunch of people in the Biden family. This after it has been reported that that alleged $40,000 check that Joe Cash came from his brother after they somehow nailed some China deal. So he's out there taking money from all those energy companies all around the world, Ukraine, China, traditional energy companies, by the way, not not new energy companies. And that $40,000 check went into his account. He was on with my good friend Maria Bartiromo over the weekend. Let's listen in from Fox News here. Maria interviewed James Comer. We're going to talk about this because we got a problem here. We got a corruption problem on top of everything else. It sure is. And if you go back to that email that you just put on the screen, uh, Tony Bobolinsky, who was also supposed to be in on that deal with CEFC and the Bidens, where Joe Biden was supposed to get 10 percent, according to Hunter Biden, uh, it matches up perfectly. We traced the $40,000 check that Joe Biden received all the way back to that WhatsApp message where Hunter Biden claimed his father was sitting beside him, where he was shaking down 
the Chinese operative. That's where that $40,000 was triggered. We, just a few weeks after that text message, that $40,000 landed in Joe Biden's pocket after the Bidens laundered it. But that money came from China, further evidence that Joe Biden benefited from his family's influence peddling scheme. <laughs> okay, so... Just for the fact checkers out there, for whatever that's worth, CNN says, quote, fact check, evidence supports Democrats case, the Democrats case that Joe Biden made a personal loan to his brother, just a personal loan. You know, it just so happened that, you know, they got the 40K in from CEFC, CEFC, allegedly the China energy company. And apparently, um, you know, within hours, Biden gets a check for 40K. I mean, how's that happen? I don't know. I don't know. Remember, the, remember the the text where Hunter's like, "I'm sitting here with my dad. We're wondering where that money is. You better pay up, or else." It's like he's head of the mob. So forty thousand dollars. I'm going to read to you the report out of the New York Post. President Biden received forty thousand dollars in laundered funds from Chinese government-linked CEFC China Energy, according to a memo released by the House. Oversight Committee, the 2017 transfer. Oh, you see, he was still vice president back then. Now, wasn't he? Mm. The 2017 transfer from first brother James Biden and his wife, Sarah, to the future present allegedly involves the same business deal in which Joe Biden was called the big guy and penciled in for a 10 percent cut. Remember what Bubba Blinsky was talking about and would be the first proven instance of the commander-in-chief getting a piece of his family's foreign income. The $40,000 went through, quote, a complicated financial transaction just weeks after first son Hunter Biden threatened his father's wrath in a July 30th, 2017 text message to CEFC employee, the Republican-led Oversight Committee said in the memo. So, wow, we got corruption, pretty serious corruption. Don't forget, by the way, guys, what, what, how many how many stars were there? More than 70 suspicious activity reports that were reported to Treasury about Hunter Biden and his business. Because you see, when you're getting money from overseas like that, it's kind of weird. And credit to Comer, he actually managed to get this out of the Treasury Department, which was led by Janet Yellen. And, you know, she's stomping for Biden all the time. She didn't want to turn this over, but they had to. On top of that, you get 82,000 emails, 82,000 emails where he's using various names like Robert L. Peters and Robert Beware, et cetera. And now National Archives is trying to go through so that we can get to the bottom of that. 82,000 emails where he's using all these other names and allegedly conducting all this other business. This is not good. Like, this is actually really, really frightening stuff. I mean, I'm more worried, frankly. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm worried about all of it. In fairness, I shouldn't say that because this is awful and should never, ever, 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 ever happen. But in the meantime, I mean, wow, consider where we are today. Consider what's happening to these Jewish students on college campuses because, you know, if it can happen to them, it can happen to anyone. I really think that this is about more uh, more sort of within that decolonization, if you would. So that means we as Americans... Like, where are we? They don't like us either. They don't like us one single bit. Patrice Cullors, the head of BLM, she was saying this back in 2015, that Israel had no right to exist and that it was critical that Israel be dissolved because it was just another big colonization movement. So, yeah, America's struggling. America's struggling in a really big way. Well, what do you know? You got... Joe Biden out there doing some kind of transaction after transaction after, well, you know, the people around him. This is why it's good that we're going to see the whole family get subpoenaed because here's what we want to know. Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, a bunch of Mr. President, what do you I don't think it is. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I think we need to get to the bottom of that. But. That aside, I think Americans would be willing to forgive a lot. I think what they're not willing to forgive at this point in time 
is the $16 Big Mac. <laughs> I'm joking. I think it was like 25 in one, one little town in Connecticut. Look, we got major inflation. We got major social issues. We get kids that are just sinking, 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 because apparently the whole deal is equitable math. Did you see this story? This one coming to us out of Pennsylvania. They want to introduce a whole new kind of math in Pennsylvania. The Pittsburgh Public School Board voting to hire a consulting group in order to get of what they call white supremacy in math classes. What the heck does that mean? Because the whole idea behind equitable math now is that you don't really have to have the right answer. No, no, no. Because, you know, $33 trillion isn't really $33 trillion in debt. This is how they're going to just brainwash everybody. No, it's, it's about how you get to the answer. You don't actually have to have the right answer. You don't actually have to get a good SAT score to get into Harvard. Mm-mm, that wouldn't be equitable, right? <laughs> in fact, that's the way it is right now. You don't actually have to submit your scores if you want to go to Harvard. So anyway, Quezel Education Consulting is going to be receiving $50,000 to teach, quote, anti-racist math. How did math get racist? I I, I want to know, like really and truly, how did math get racist? Because if you don't get the right answer, like somehow that's, I mean, like there's few things in life where you can just say, okay, that's right, that's wrong. One plus one is two. Period. End of story. <laughs> but apparently not. If they can figure out a workaround, they're going to figure out a workaround. <laughs> Instead of saying, you know what? Instead of saying, gee, we should help kids so that they can actually get to the right answer and that they know one plus one is two or two times two is four. Instead of actually doing the work to do that, no, the answer is you spend tons of money on consulting groups to make everybody feel bad about themselves because, oh, apparently it's actually just a whole racist, racist subject area and you can't get the right answer if you're black. I'm sorry. Like that in and of itself is a super racist statement and these people should be ashamed. The truth is you just got to do the hard work, okay? And that means the teachers have to do the hard work too. That means you can't phone it in via Zoom. That means you got to spend extra time with some students. That means you can't just keep passing them to the next grade so they're, they're somebody else's problem. So yeah, America's in a bad spot. America's in a bad spot, and consequently, Donald Trump looks like he's going to win this whole thing again. That would really make history. I want to turn for a moment back to the economy. You know we are sponsored in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. That is their phone number if you're interested in investing in gold or silver. You can also do it right there online. I'm just going to check out the price of gold today as we look at an economy that is sort of ho-hum here. Uh, not doing so hot, not doing so hot. Markets are down right now. Um, but we have uh, on gold right now trading just a little below $2,000 an ounce. You get crude oil moving higher, silver a little bit lower again today. And the yield is back up, although not quite at that 5% that we were seeing earlier at 5, 4.661%. Anyway, if you're worried about inflation because, you know, your Big Mac has costing a lot these days, you may... Look at diversification tools for a lot of people. Part of that diversification may include gold. So go, go check them out, LegacyPMInvestments.com. It's funny to me because this woman was on CNBC this morning. She was almost going to be the pick for the Fed. Jerome Powell wound up getting the job again. But her name is Lyle Brainard, and she well, she's she's trying to spin it however she can. I do appreciate economists because it's hard for them sometimes. They're like, oh, what do I say now? And well, this particular answer about why Joe Biden should be proud of the economy isn't exactly one to boast about. What do you think? Look, if I look around the world, I don't think there's a leader out there who wouldn't rather have the economic record that President Biden has today. Yeah, around the world. So, um, yeah, you know, true. But let's not forget the United States of America has historically always been the best performing economy in the world. And you know what? When the chips are down and things are kind of bad in the world, guess what? The United States is still and always even more 
the best performing economy in the world. Why? Because, oh, everybody freaks out. What do they do? They put their money into the U.S. They want to be in the U.S. because at least in the old days, we used to be kind of dependable. We didn't have people like Jamal Bowman, representative from New York, honorary member of the squad, pulling the fire alarm when it was time for us to vote on things like budgets. I mean, you know, just saying. Hey, great to see you guys. Great to see you. Mike, I don't know the answer to that question. He's wondering if they actually deduct us in D.C. because some of these people seem like they're on them. Yeah, it is not equitable. I agree with you, Leslie, in the NBA or the NFL, right? Like if we're going to, that's a great point. Like if you're going to say, okay, I want the best athletes, like, okay, you go out and you get the best athletes. It doesn't matter their skin color. And guess what? A lot of those teams are disproportionately, if you were going to argue from like, okay, if if 8% of the population is black, then why is it that so many people on these teams in the NFL are black? Well, well, that's not fair, right? Because shouldn't all the, the white athletes get a chance to? You see where this is going. It's absolutely positively ridiculous. Ridiculous and un-American because it's not who we are. Like Martin Luther King said it so well. You know, you cannot be judged. We don't want to live in an area or a country or a, a time in history where you're judged by the color of your skin. We've gotten away from that. And yet Barack Obama sunk us right back, right? It was all suddenly about race again. It's got to stop. It's just got to stop. Don, good to see you again. Steven, good to see you again. Surely as well, you know, and able, look, it's good to see all you and you get it. I know you get it. I know you get it. I know you're not surprised by these polls that are coming out. Donald Trump is looking like he very well may be the winner. And it's because people say, we don't want this anymore. We don't like the direction our country's going in. We want more for our children. We want more for ourselves. And we need to get back to basics, the good values that made us such an enormous success. And we need to treat people equally and fairly and not give certain giveaways because of certain things. No, it's not right. It's not right. I love having you here. Thank you so much for listening, for subscribing. Make sure if you haven't already, go to the Apple podcast, go to Spotify too. Give it thumbs up, five stars, all, five stars, five stars only, please. <laughs> and I'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.